Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from our special guest. when he gets up he may have you stand I don't know but I want to say that last night at some point during the message my heart was receiving or my spirit was receiving so much my soul couldn't keep up and it overloaded to where all I could do was weep the presence of God was so strong and so tangible I don't know where from where you were sitting or what you experienced but last night I felt like it was so full to overflowing And things that I have prayed, I I didn't even share with Prophet Lord at lunch today. Things that I have been praying in secret is what he was preaching on and declaring last night. And so I know, I know that I know that I know in my knower that he's heard and he's going to bring a word tonight. And listen, as he said, it's going to shift. It's going to shift. And I believe it. I believe it. But this region will never, I declare it, it will never be the same. It will never be the same. It will never be the same. So, one last time, let's stand to our feet. I know you had you sit. Stand to your feet and let's honor Prophet Lloyd Bustard and his wife, Miss Pam. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, there's nothing like the presence of God, is there? All right. Now, boys, back in the sound, turn me up tonight. But God's not deaf. Well, he isn't nervous either. Oh, praise God. I'll tell you, this, this, you, you need to give this great praise team, the band, the singers, a great round of love and applause because uh, these guys are just, this young brother here on the keyboard, just, you know, it's not just the talent, it's, it's the heart character that shines through they mean every word they play and they mean every word they say amen and so that's why uh, we are feeling such an awesome freedom in the Holy Spirit tonight and uh, boy I'll tell you I love your pastor uh, Pastor AJ and Crystal this beautiful church Uh, I've been connected with love and truth for 40 years and uh, we go way back with uh, Bishop Eddie, way back to the little brick church in Adamsville. And uh, uh, something happened. Eddie reminded me. I thought he was going to be here tonight, but he's, he's probably sleeping or sitting on top of the house, looking out over his cows or who knows. But we got to see him yesterday. And uh, just remember to keep 
you know, your, your bishop in, in prayer. Love them. Just keep them in prayer. But, uh, yeah, we go way back. and uh, Something way back there, and I don't know what it was, but the thing was the first time I came to Adamsville, which was 40 years ago. And uh, I don't know. It was something with Walking Tall or Buford Pussler. You know, I saw that movie. Yeah. And don't tell me it wasn't real because you're going to ruin my dreams. Just leave me alone. He's my hero, all right? Just leave me alone. Don't, don't say any bad thing about them. Don't come say, you know, that movie's not. No, I don't want to hear it. I rebuke you right now. I just. Uh, <laughs> but it was a great movie, and uh, something happened with Eddie and I. We were driving. He said, you remember you prof- prophesied? No, I don't. But something happened connected. I, I don't know if his daughter or something came to the meeting. Huh? Boy, I'm getting old. I'm going, huh? Honey, if you don't know, don't open up. Don't, don't talk to me. Because I'm trying to get in the Holy Ghost and trying to get a word from God here for tonight. And, ah, I feel confusion right now. Uh, but no, you can be seated, folks. You can be seated. And we're just going to go right to the word of God here. And uh, I think something great is going to happen. Amen. Something great is going to happen. Uh, we're just going to let go and let God. Amen. But, uh, oh, it's great to be with Pastor Chris, the pastor at uh, Love and Truth. Uh, well, my brother's operated, my brother-in-law operated grocery stores. He had number one grocery store and number two, so I think that's number one Love and Truth up there in Jackson. But I tell you, I'm proud of Pastor Chris and uh, the way God has just raised him up to be a great, great man of God. Amen. And uh, uh, everybody, everybody here. I just feel like I need to get right to the word here, folks. And uh, uh, I want to, I think if I put a title on this, I just would call it... uh, uh, why I preach Jesus. All right. And John 1 and 1. I love this. John 1 and 1. If you can put it up. It says. Uh, well you know what it says. In the beginning. Was the word. And the word. Was with God. And the word. Was God. He was in the beginning with God. Isn't that powerful? So, and by the way, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you on a little secret. Do you know when you're the closest to a miracle? Right now. Wow, the word is going forth. You know when the, you're the closest to a healing, healing and salvation and being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Right now. While Peter yet spake the word, the Holy Ghost fall on, fell on all who heard the word. So open up your spiritual ears. Amen. Somebody, it's not just somebody, it's going to be somebody's. 
is going to just, even the next 30 minutes, God's going to begin to talk to you about situations you've been thinking about. And I'm not saying it's going to come through me, but it's going to come because the presence of God is all over here. You can be sitting right there while I'm preaching. God will speak to you something about your finances. And he didn't even say it through me. He just spoke directly to you. Amen? So just get an attitude of expectancy right now. Amen? So, okay, so, but here's the thing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, uh... Oh, there's another verse that's powerful too. It's in that same chapter. And the word, what? Became flesh. And dwelled among us. And then there's this, there's this benefit or this, this kind of lottery you win if you receive it. To all who received him, he gave them power. To become the sons and the daughters of God. Amen? So it's, one, so it's like, okay, I understand in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I understand that. Yeah, but do you believe it? And that's the difference. To all who receive Him, like He is, He gave them the power to become the sons of God. Does that make good sense? Now, see, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That verse is what I call the great divide. That one verse separates everything else. It separates itself from all other religions. Because in all other religions, it does not say the word became flesh. It's the word become, became word. And so, it's so important for you and I to appreciate how God has revealed himself to us. We could have been in the darkness. We could have been in a pagan religion philosophy or moralism and just living on a in the beginning a word became word so all the other religions of the world like I said they're just and the word became a word a philosophy a moralism a system, a technique. But for all time and all people everywhere, the Word became flesh. Now, what does that, what is he saying? That's he saying the idea became a fact. Now, religious battles have been fought all over the world. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. And, and, and among the greatest philosophical nations of the world, Greece, China, India, India stands alone in fighting for her own way of life. 
But Greece now, Greece has produced some of the world's most popular and famous and greatest philosophers. But if you go to Greece today, you will only see monuments and archaeological ruins of what was, of who used to be there. No one's going to debate you on Mars Hill. If you go to Greece now, you'll just see the ruins. And it's a mecca for photographers, but not for pilgrims. In China, you go to temples now and, and they're basically picnic areas. Where people sit and they're being indoctrinated into Marxism. You see, the religious, the religions of the world are the religions are the word become word. The gospel is not a religion. The gospel is the word became flesh. Augustine said this, prior to his Christian days, he said that he read and studied the pagan philosophers and their writings, but he said that he never read where any philosopher taught or wrote about the word becoming flesh. Because the one thing that no Greek would ever, ever put their thoughts into or their dreams into or their belief into, and that is a God would take on a body. They said it will never happen. And that's why they resisted the word becoming flesh in Jesus Christ. Because to the Greek, the body was evil. The body was a, was a prison house where the soul was shackled. The body was a tomb where the spirit was confined. The old wise Greek Plutarch did not even believe that God could control what was happening in the world. That he had to do it through intermediaries and, and deputies. The great Roman uh, Stoic uh, emperor Marcus Aurelius he taught, he said, we are to despise the flesh because the flesh is just blood and bones. They're a network, a twisted skein of nerves and veins and arteries. He said that the composition of the whole body is under corruption. And yet in the face of all that, in the highest of the day, the gospel quietly writes, and the word became flesh. God took on a body. That scripture reverses everything and changes everything. Oh, we got to understand the importance of that, that scripture. That word became flesh. Because that scripture, the word became flesh. Without this scripture in the Bible, your Christian faith, my Christian faith, would just be the word became word. 
and we would not be above any other guru's teaching or philosophy. Without this, the Christian faith would just be an idea. It would just be another philosophy, another moralism. But with this revelation, the Word became flesh. <laughs> it's a fact. It's a redemptive fact. It's a supreme fact. And if the manifestation of Christian faith is not the Word become flesh, a decision, then it's just the Word become flesh. Word, a discussion. Therefore, sub-Christian. Now, why the Word? Why the Word? The phrase, the Word, you read in the Old Testament, the phrase, the Word, was not indigenous to the Hebrew thought. You read the Old Testament, you, you read the word of the Lord. You read thy word, but the word was not used as a separate entity. But the Greek, it was indigenous to the Greek thought. They understood it. So the early Christian writers did not hesitate to go beyond the Hebrew heritage and take hold of a conception that expresses that which is beyond expression. Why? Because the Greek writers, the early writers knew that the gospel was bursting with universal revelation. Universal salvation, universal meaning. And they knew that you can't confine this revelation to a Jewish language and just a Jewish culture to express that which is beyond language and beyond culture. So a universal faith would require a universal medium for its expression. And the universal medium could only be life. Because that's indigenous to us all. That's something we all need. That's something we all think about every day. The one thing that is universal to every person on this planet is life. Hallelujah. But even that universal life would not be sufficient. It would have to be life. The life of God and man. The life of the God-man. That's why God knew he would have to take on flesh. But I'm still wondering, why would Jesus be called the Word? Well, I think I can tell us now. I'll give you my view on it. One's word is the expression of his hidden thought.
We think, therefore we speak. Amen. If you stand before an audience and walk up on stage and, and just stand there and smile at them and, tell, and try to talk yourself into believing that you're communicating without opening up your mouth and speaking words, they're going to throw tomatoes at you because you're going to be a dud. And you can stand up there and hope they can read your mind, but they're just going to be unsatisfied because only as the hidden thought is put into words is that thought communicated. The word is the thought become available. The word is the mind of God. And his thoughts. When you get hold of my words, then you get a hold of my thoughts. From the abundance of the heart, the thoughts, the personality, the character, the advice, the wisdom, the knowledge, the revelation, the understanding. From the abundance of the thought, the mouth speaks. The words are the thought mediated to us. And here's the other thing that is important. The words are not a third something standing between you and my thought. When you get a hold of my words, you get a direct line to my mind, my thought. The words are the thought communicated to us. They are the thought become available. He who takes hold of the word takes hold of the thought because the word and the thought are one. So here is the hidden God expressing himself through the word. <laughs> when you take hold of the word, you take hold <laughs> of God. You're not, when you take hold of the word, you're not taking hold of something standing between you and God, the word. When you get the word, you get God. And Jesus is not a third person standing between you and God. When you get Jesus, you get God. When you hear Jesus, you hear God. When you feel Jesus, you feel God. When you take hold of him, you take hold of God himself. Jesus is the mediator only in that the sense that he mediates God to us. And when you know Jesus, you know God. And just as the thought and the word are one, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. What are you saying? Jesus is the word that expresses the thought of God. Jesus said, I can't do anything unless he does it. I won't say anything unless he gives it to me to speak. Because you've got to understand, I am God manifested in the flesh.
But the word is the offspring of the thought. So you could call the word the son and the thought the father. Jesus is the offspring, the son of the father. And just as the thought is greater than the word, did you you got to hear this now? Just as the thought is greater than the word, why, Lord? Because all expression means limitation. You have to look around. Because when you're going to put your thought in the words, you're going to have to look around to get the right words to express your thought. So the unexpressed God is greater than the expressed God. Because God had to limit himself when he came in human form. John 14 and 28, Jesus said, The Father is greater than I. (laughs) The Father is greater than I. But then he at the same time, he said, Oh, by the way, I and my Father are one. Well, that sounds like a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. Because just as the thought and the word are one, so God the thought, And Jesus, the Word, are one. And just as the unexpressed thought is greater than the expressed Word, so God the Father, the unexpressed, is greater than God the Son, the expressed, because He's limited in flesh. They are one. And yet the Father, the unexpressed, is greater than the Son, the expressed. They are one, and yet the Father is greater than the Son. Why? Because God was limited when he came in human form. But you've got to remember, God's a spirit. God is spirit that took on body. If God were to give us a book from heaven to describe himself, if God were to give us this great holy book as a revelation of himself, you and I would read those words. And while we were reading those words, we would have to use our highest conception in our mind. We would have to use our highest experience To understand those words. But yet, it still wouldn't suffice. But now we have a new possibility. I can see those words through a divine illustration of the meaning of those words. The word became flesh. So I see the word purity. And I don't have to scratch my head and stretch my brain to try to experience and, 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 and put a revelation to those words. What is purity? 
because my mind is limited and it's incomplete. But now, since I know who Jesus is, I see the word purity in the light of purity. One who shared my temptation minus my falls. I see purity in Jesus. I see the real thing. So I no longer see the word of God in the light of my imagination of God. But I see God in the light of the authentic uncovering of the nature of God in understandable human terms. Jesus. I, I understand, I look up at Jesus the Son, and I know what God the Father is like. I look to Jesus, and I see God. Who is God? He's, he's Christ. I know what God is like. He is a Christ-like God. And I tell you, I like what I see. So far, the journey's been great. I don't think he's got any bad sides about him. But I tell myself that I still haven't scratched the surface to the length, the width, the depth, and the height of who he really is. He's so great that my mind can't fathom his greatness. His ways are still above my ways, and his thoughts are still above my thoughts. And just when I think I've seen it all, he shows me something new. Just when I think I've heard it all, he, I hear something all over again. That I, and just when I think I've, I've, I've just felt it all, he gives me something in my spirit. Oh, my God, I've never felt that. He's eternal. He's infinite. Now, we must reject as inadequate and inaccurate the attempts to find God through nature. They're the nature worshipers. We must reject as inadequate the attempt to find God in themselves. That's the eye worshipers. We must object the attempt for people to find God through teachers, through gurus and priests. That's the man worshipers. We must object the attempt to find God through legalism. That's the written law worshipers. We must object to the attempt to find God in slogans and affirmations. That's the cult of positive thinking worshipers. We must object the attempt to find God through quiet submissiveness. That's the worshipers of silence. Now, in any one of these or all of these, you might find glimpses of God, but if you want to see the face of God, you can only find the face of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Some want the principles, but not the person. 
Did you hear what I said? I said, some want the principles and not the person. I dare you to tell your neighbor that right now. Just kind of use it in a funky voice like me. Some want the principles, you know, not the person. Go ahead. I'll take a water break. Some want the principles and not the person. But it's the person who puts the content in the principles. Principles can be low in content and low in power, so they're moonlight, they're second hand. If all you do is just think on principle, I just love listening to this podcast and they don't say Jesus, and I really like it, but I'll tell you the principles are really good. I ain't going to listen to anything that doesn't say in Jesus' name. Did you hear me? I ain't listening to anything. I don't care how good of a writer they are. I'm not reading their books. I'm not listening to their tapes. I'm not going to watch their programs. I got a little bit of time to work before the sun comes down to take us all home. And I'm going to work while it is day. And if you think I'm going to get caught up in all these sideshows that they're taking the principles from the Bible, but they're not giving credit to the Creator and to the Savior of the world. And they won't give credit to the name that's above all other names. Oh, we want the principles, but we don't want the person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just study principles. Yeah. Yeah, you're like the fool. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. You're like the the dummy. No, that's too strong, too. You're like the person who heard the little baby crying. Said, I want my mother. I want my mother. And this person was so filled up on principles. Said, oh, don't cry, little baby. Let me give you a principle on motherhood. That baby's going to say, I want my mother. You understand what I'm saying? You don't pray to principles. You don't worship an axiom. They say, well, you know, I like the church, but why don't you leave the person out? I really just come for the principles. Well, I can tell you the answer is twofold. The principles without the person is powerless. Because only as the principles are embodied in the person do they have power. And since there is an only son, then his incarnation is the only incarnation. And by its very nature, the word became flesh only once. And once and for all, for all people. So if humanity is one, and if God is one, then there's only one revelation and one hope and one salvation for humanity. Because to have more than one offer would blur the picture of God and what he is like. And it would also blur the picture for you and I and what we can become. The Son of God reveals the one God. And the Son of Man reveals the God-man. 
The God-man reveals God and man. So the question is now, is this. Does this perfect and final revelation stop progress? You see me, you've seen the Father. I am coming in my Father's name. I don't do anything except the Father's doing it. I am my Father are one, but the Father is greater than mine. Why, Jesus? Because I, He's the thought, I'm the Word. The beautiful revelation. The fullness of the Godhead bodily is all in Him. Beautiful, isn't it? See, I'm tired. Of, I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of this religious doctrine just kind of shoving down the throat. No, this is a revelation. This is a revelation. That's just like the Bible. You know, I'm going to drop one on. The Bible's not the revelation of God. It's the record of God. Jesus is the revelation of God. Did you hear me? Because if the Bible was just the revelation, was the revelation of God, it would just be the Word became Word. It would be printer's ink. It would be chalked on and painted on. And God could wash his hands of us. But it's not chalked on. And it's not painted on. We are engraved into his hand. Engraved. Just like a sculptor engraves a name on granite. You and I. He can't wash us away. He can't wash us off. He's got you in his hand and nobody's going to take you out of it, he said. <laughs> but the question is... Does this perfect and final, 810, final revelation stop progress? I submit to you, no, it doesn't. It doesn't stop the progress. In fact, it begins it. Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. See, we've got, there's so much understanding to receive about Jesus. I am the way. I read of a missionary in Africa years ago, and, and, and he was, they were, they was lost, and, and he had an African guide, and uh, the guide just said, just follow me, and that missionary started following him, and he said, he said, I then spoke up to the guide, and I said, I hope you know the way, and the guide looked back to me and said, I am the way. Because there was no trail. There was no road to walk on. The guide, the way, had to make the way. Jesus said, I am the way. If you try to come through any other way, you're a thief and a robber and blessed. And guess what? You're going to be messed up in your life. My God, my God, my God. In this perfect and final revelation, does it stop progress? No, it begins it. Because here's the secret. In every realm of life. Listen to this, folks. I'm both done. In every realm of life, you discover an ultimate, which is the beginning of progress. In every realm of life, you discover an ultimate, which is the beginning of progress. We had a discovery the other day in our home. Ants. 
ants. And I looked at the parents and said, follow me, I am the way. I said, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know where you're going. I hope you know the way. I am the way. And I did not stop until I found a fixed ultimate. And when I found the fixed ultimate, I made progress. If all I would have done was just shot this ant and shot that ant, spray, 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 and not found the source where they were coming in. But when I found the source, I found the fixed ultimate, and I could fix the problem. Progress was made. Do you understand that? That's why I said in every realm of life, you discover a ultimate, which is the beginning of progress. In mathematics, as long as you don't understand and believe that two and two makes four, you're never going to make any progress. You will be dysfunctional in math the rest of your life. But uh, when you understand that two and two makes four, that's a fixed ultimate. You can't improve that. That's a perfected ultimate. Well, is it all over for mathematics? No. Because once you discover that fixed ultimate, two and two makes four, then progress. You can take those two numbers and build a mass mathematical calculations that will build buildings, that will create technology, that will just do the most profound things. And it all started with two and two makes four. That's an ultimate. Now I build progress. In geometry, things that are equal to the same thing are equal to each other. That's a fixed ultimate. Does that stop progress? No, it begins it. Because when you understand that, then you can build any kind of a bridge, any kind of a building, a structure all around the world. Because from that fixed ultimate, you make progress. Is this on? That's the scale. You can't add no new notes to that scale. But once you understand those notes, you can build the most incredible symphonies from that fixed ultimate. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell you right now. That's what Jesus is trying to tell you. Oh, I could preach longer, but I'm going to quit. That's what he's trying to reveal to you and I. To go so deeper with him. <laughs> Jesus even said. Wow. He said I've, I've got more things to tell you. But you're not ready yet. But the comforter. The Holy Spirit is going to come. And he's going to teach you. All things. They're not going to contradict what I've saw. They're going to be beyond what I've said. And this is what I'm feeling lately. I'm feeling this thing is like, Jesus, you told the disciples and you're telling me that there's, there's, 
when you walk this earth, you say, I can't tell you everything. You're not ready for it. If God showed you everything about your life where he's going to take you and the plans he has for you and your family, if he showed you the ultimate tonight of all the progress that he's going to make in you, you wouldn't even believe it. That's why revelation unfolds. It's got to unfold. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Because you and I have a poverty mind. We have a limited mind. Do you understand that? We don't have faith in ourselves. <laughs> we, we, we just wake up to survive. Hello? <laughs> I've been pouring my fun. I don't know if y'all know what I'm singing there. Huh? Help me out, somebody. It's gone crazy. The guy from West Virginia, Virginia. If I knew the words, I'd sing it. Well, I'd leave some words out there, some words that aren't good. <laughs> See, that's our, that's our mentality. That's our mentality. You just struggle. And we've convinced ourselves in our mind that we're going to struggle the rest of our life. And Jesus said, oh, by the way, I, I, I want to tell you everything about yourself and where you're going, but you're not ready. But I'm going to go and the Holy Ghost is going to come. And you're going to realize that there's so much more to me than what you've even got. Would you stand to your feet and just worship Jesus, Jesus. Think about that, Jesus. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he's God in the flesh. There's some scriptures in the Bible that we've been overlooking. You know the scripture says that God created the world through Jesus Christ. Do you know that God said he was with him from the beginning? We don't like to go there because we, we don't know what he's talking about. But I just decided to take the word of God like it is. And believe it. And the good news is this. If God created the world through Jesus Christ. Now you think about that. They touched the hem of his garment and they were healed. If God created the world through Jesus Christ. You think about this. Come to the music everybody. You think about this. He stood at a tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he walked out of the dead grave. If God created the world through Jesus Christ, you think about this. That same Jesus that God created the world said, said receive your sight. And they were healed. 
If God created the world through Jesus Christ, that same Jesus looked at a demoniac and said, loose him and let him go. And he fell down at his feet and worshipped him. He created the world through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means to me the DNA of Jesus is on every part of this creation. Even the trees lift their branches high above the heavens. That's why Jesus said, if you won't praise me, the rocks, they got my DNA of worship. The rocks and the mountains are going to cry out. The DNA of Jesus is all over this place. Life. Life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Why are you afraid to surrender to Jesus? He's life. Why are you afraid? Why? Why? He's, he, ain't done, he ain't never done anything but good. And we're afraid of him. Why? I want to get Jesus in you tonight. I want you to be thinking Jesus more than ever. Just more than ever. Jesus. Because when you say Jesus, you're saying God. When you're saying Jesus, you're saying Holy Ghost. Everything is in that name. He defied all the religious leaders and the teachings. Because they said, God will never take on a body. God said, oh, yes, I will. I'm the thought. He's the word. Anything he touches multiplies. Jesus. Now you got to remember what he said. He said, if God don't say it to me, Pastor Chris, I'm not going to say it to you. He said, I- I've come to do the will of my father. He's the thought. I'm the word. I'm communicating God to you. If you've heard me, you've heard God. The same God that said, let there be light and there was light. The same God that spoke the heavens into their place. So when Jesus speaks, God speaks. Think about that. And there was an incident one day where there was about 5,000 starving men. And the disciples were ready to send them away because there was no food to feed them. And Jesus... Got a thought from God. And he spoke the word. Well, do you have anything? Yeah, there's this boy. He's got five loaves and a couple of fishes. But what is what are they with the amount of need that is here today? Jesus said, give it to me. I don't do anything unless the Father does it through me. Okay, here it is. He took it and he held it up. Anything he touches multiplies. 
Anything you give to him will come alive. Anything you hold up to him as a sacrifice of worship whew, just gets sprinkled with glory. Gets baptized with power. Why are you afraid to surrender to Jesus? <laughs> he held it up and then he started to break it. And, and the disciples couldn't believe what they were seeing because it's like every time he gave a piece of bread away, more appeared in his hand. Every time he broke off a piece of fish, more fish appeared. There was 5,000 souls fed that day. And when they was all full, everybody took more bread and more fish home. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I just love you. Something's happening in our lives right now. I'm so glad I'm baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm so glad I'm baptized in the name of Jesus. It even means more to me now than ever. Because I'm buried with him. And when I went down, I went down with my sins, my disease, my afflictions. It was just like being buried in the grave that Jesus was buried in. I'm buried with you, Jesus. And when they said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus, I hope they had to speak the name. And you got to speak the name. See, that's the great thing about Jesus. You just, you get the power of attorney to speak it. Not just think it. I dare you to speak it right now. Jesus. Come on. Bring it out of your lungs. Jesus. Jesus. My sweet rose of Sharon. Jesus. My lily of the valley. See, his DNA is in everything. Jesus. The fairest of 10,000. His DNA is in your organs. It's in your nerves. It's in your being. It's in your mind. It's in your blood. The DNA of your creator. Created in His image. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I'm about to prophesy in the Holy Ghost. Come on now. Let's get your mind, get your eyes off of Lloyd. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Get them on Jesus right now. You have got to touch Jesus tonight. You have got to touch him. You got to wrap your arms around him tonight. You got to wrap your arms around him tonight. You got to fall in love with him because he is the revelation of God in your life. He is the light in your salvation. He is the one who died and rose again for you. You got to have a love affair with Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.